In this episode, we're talking with Claire Jones about the origins of What Three Words, a new coordinate system that is being adopted by emergency services, disaster managers, and ordinary citizens based on common words and translated into 51 different languages. Hi, and welcome to Through the Human Geography Lens, a podcast brought to you by the Worldwide Human Geography Data Working Group, or WWHGD. I'm Gwyneth Holt. And I'm Eric Rasmussen. And today we're here with our guest, Ms. Claire Jones, the Chief Commercial Officer at What Three Words. Claire, thank you so much for joining us today all the way from London. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So we wanted to first start out if, and ask you about What Three Words. What is it? And why is a new geospatial coordination system so important and necessary? Uh, yeah. Okay, great. So. What three words, basically what we did is we took the whole world, we wrapped it in a grid of 57 trillion squares. So each square is three meters, three meters in my world, uh, 10 foot in yours, uh, very, very small. And we labeled every single square with an address made of three words from the dictionary. So you could say, let's meet at pictured pheasant's handball or apple banana spoon. And that refers to an exact three meter square, a unique one of 57 trillion uh, that allows you to pinpoint a three meter square somewhere on the planet. Uh, so that's the idea. There's an app and you can download it now and you know millions of people have done all over the world. So you can use it uh, to find the three word address of your door. If you're lucky enough to have a back door and a front door in your house, you'll have a different three word address for each of your doors. Uh, <laughs> so you can use it right now. And uh, yeah, so we're based HQ'd in London, but used all over the world. And why is it necessary? It was your second bit of that question. Uh, well, I'd be amazed if anybody listening has never got lost in their life. And so often we get lost because we're using an addressing system that was designed like 300 years ago for delivering mail on horseback. And it's actually pretty great for that. But uh, what we do these days is we type things into our phones. We get an Airbnb host who sends us an address. We uh, use a postcode if you're in the UK. If I go to New York and someone says to me, let's meet on the corner of 47th and Park, I don't really know how to type that into my phone and I get lost. So there's all kinds of reasons we get <laughs> because we're using addressing systems that weren't designed for mobile phones and Alexa devices and cars. So that's why we need What Three Words is so that you can talk about anywhere in the world really easily and you don't have to get lost. So so it's fascinating. It was an amazing idea when I first heard about it about seven years ago, and it's really taken off since then. And it's showing up in refugee camps, for example, to, to map where water sites are or where somebody has a case of measles. Um, and it's showing up with the British Museum and archaeological digs because those digs are in the middle of nowhere. Um, and now it's even showing up in high-end navigation systems. Um, those are all kind of specialized sites. You mentioned very briefly that actual humans can use it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So one of the best things about technology is if you have an app, actual humans can just download it and use it every day around the world. So the app is free and it's it's free for people and NGOs and they can just download the app and start using it. And, and they do. So what through us is used all kinds of uh, ways around the world for human beings to communicate location. I was on a call earlier with someone and he uses it with his kids to collect them from sports games because his daughter plays football in different places. And every time it's like a sports field that doesn't Wow. Uh, so it can be that. It could be finding your friends at a festival. It could be getting your pizza delivered. It's all kinds of ways. So the app itself, you can just download it. It's just on the app store called What Through Words. Um, and it's done in 50 languages so far. Uh, actually, 51, I think now. So hopefully, uh, many of you will be able to use it in the languages that you speak. Yeah, so it's just, it, you made me think about when I told my parents about What Three Words. They were so excited and they wanted to take 
the three by three meter square of their front door and put those three words on the outside of their house, which just was so sweet. <laughs> they thought it was so cool. <laughs> I love that. I can tell you there's something really special about physical signs with what three words on because uh, yeah, it's somebody who's really kind of embraced the system and, and there are so many signs all over the world. I remember when I first saw the first sign in Greek where someone had put the three word address on their gate in Greece. Yeah. It's really special. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you were talking about languages. Can you, can you go and talk a little bit more about that? This is, I mean, this is one of the most interesting bits of the whole thing, because when you're doing this, you basically need a dictionary of 40,000 words if you cover the ocean and the land. Uh, and that gives you 64 trillion combinations of words, of which we use 57 trillion. Uh, if you just do the land and you don't do the ocean, you need 25,000 words. But you need 25,000 words in each language because you're not translating. So if you look up the square uh, in your garden right now and you look up the English address, it will not be a translation of the Spanish address for lots of reasons. The most obvious one being you cannot translate words perfectly between languages. And in French, the word for snowman is bonhomme de neige, which is three words, and in English, it's one word. So you can't translate perfectly between languages. So each system is completely independent, but it also allows us to maximize the use of that system for that lang those speakers. So, for example, the most common words in uh, Japan, uh, the most common words in Japanese are in Japan, in Tokyo, where people live who speak Japanese. If you go to, uh, you know, the middle of the Sahara Desert, you will still be able to use what three words in Japanese, but you'll find that the words are a little longer because there are not so many Japanese speakers in the Sahara Desert. So each system is designed from scratch. Uh, it's taken us, yeah, almost a decade to get to 50 languages because we have to work with hundreds of linguists for every single language that we do, but it's a completely incredible process. Wow. That's amazing. That is just amazing, yes. Um, now, you mentioned festivals, um, and I can see that somebody um, at uh, Glastonbury, for example, might have a medical problem somewhere, um, or you might have a woman going to labor in the middle of the crowd. Um, are your emergency services able to use what three words for things like that? Because it's really tough to try to identify somebody who needs something in the middle of 100,000 people. Yeah, yeah. So this is one of the most important uh, ways what three words is used around the world right now, which is by emergency services. Now, in a perfect world, you would have perfect machine to machine communication of location, and then you could use GPS coordinates. So if I knew that whenever I was on the phone to 911 or uh, any emergency service, they could automatically get my location from my phone. You wouldn't need what three words because they would just take your location and they would get it as a pin and they would know where you are. But for lots of reasons, unlike the films where suddenly, you know, you're in a cop film and they can just suddenly spot exactly where that person <laughs> is. It just isn't that easy. Yeah. There are lots of times where something goes wrong, that there's no cell tower nearby. There's all kinds of reasons they can't know exactly where you are. And then unless you are in your home with a street address, as exactly Eric just said, how on earth do you explain where you are when you don't have a postal address, you're in the middle of a crowd, or indeed, if you're in an informal settlement or a refugee camp, lots of places that don't have addresses, or just hiking. So one of the things that emergency services all over the world have started to do is uh, basically they integrate our technology in their control room. So we give it to them for free and they use it in their control room. And it means if someone phones 911 or 999 in the UK and they speak the three words of where they're standing, which they can find just in the app, they will be able to find them. So I look up my location in the app. I say, I'm an apple banana spoon. They type it in their side and they can find me instantly. So there's no, you know, they don't need to wait for us to get data to connect to each other. 
I speak the words, they type them in, they know exactly where I am. We've also done a lot of work with, so for example, the LA Fire Department. They've been using us for quite a while in the US because they get hikers getting lost and getting injured when they're hiking and needing rescues. And there, what we've also worked with them is a build so that even if you don't have the What Through Words app, they can send a text to your phone and you can click it and read out the words and they'll find you even if you didn't have the What Through Words app. Although if you have the What Through Words app, it works offline. So therefore, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you know that you can still tell someone where you are. Yeah, that sounds a lot easier than being like, I'm at North 20. I mean, I don't, it was my lat longs. Like, I don't know what that is off the top of my head, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and imagine, I mean, in a high stress environment, it, with a GPS coordinate, even if you could say it, you might be repeating 12 to 16 digits. And if you get two of those digits backwards and not notice, they might be two miles away. Oof. So we, what, what we really try to do is build in that error correction. So if I say uh, toffee branched pyramid and you heard coffee branched pyramid, we've intentionally put toffee branched pyramid in the UK and coffee branched pyramid in India. Oh. And that means the emergency services and they error correction technology in there so they'll be able to check it and they'll be like sorry this doesn't look right uh, can you confirm exactly where you are so you know you go to the right place wow that just sounds so sensible just really a clever clever idea um now there was a time uh, back in the world humanitarian summit in istanbul when mongolia I think it was, um, said, we have a bunch of people who move around the world. They move around the country. They move around their own city. Um, they're, they're migratory. Um, and Mongolia, I think, decided to use what three words as their national addressing system. Did that actually happen? And has anything flowed out of that? So this Mongolia has a very special place in my heart. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I would highly recommend going. Uh, we actually have a team based out there, which means I have an excuse to go and visit them. Uh, and yeah, so, so the National Postal Service of Mongolia, Mongol Post, was the first to, to take a bit of a leap with the new technology, uh, which I love because they basically leapfrogged. You know, we, we're based in the UK. and Royal Mail didn't do it first. Mongol Post did. So Mongol Post, they basically uh, had a really forward-thinking uh, management team. They were uh, thinking thinking about exactly part of what you said, which is that part of their population is nomadic. And so you don't have fixed addresses. We actually saw even our first Airbnb partnership was in Mongolia for um, there was a nomadic tribe who used what three words, uh, because their Airbnb moves. So they need to tell people where it is. So you can imagine <laughs> amazing. these sorts of reasons make total sense. And uh, the amazing thing for me was that it wasn't just the kind of through the government and through the postal service that we saw what through us. And, and we did see it used for emergencies. Uh, it's, it's used by the emergency services there as it is in many places, but also for delivery, for pizza delivery. Uh, if you go to Mongolia, three word address signs are all over the place in Mongolian and in English for, for tourists. If you get a Lonely Planet guide to Mongolia, there's a what three words on every single listing there to help you find your way around. So it's really, it's taken on its whole life of its own since then, uh, yeah, many years ago, which has been really quite beautiful to see. That's wonderful to hear. So you you mentioned emergency services, um, but I can imagine in places, and you also talked about informal settlements just briefly, but can you talk more about the human security impacts of what, what Three Words has done? Yeah, so so we see a lot of use, and, and a lot of this is we only know about because it it's reported to us. Uh, we can't see it happening in the app. You know, you don't know how people are using the app. And these days you have so many users, you don't even notice when there's a spike in a particular country. But a lot of what we will hear about from, from first responders in things like disasters is they will say they used what three words to communicate with each other 
or with civilians. Uh, so for example, actually, I mean, one of the most unbelievable moments in my whole life actually was waking up uh, pretty much a year ago, actually. And a guy had been involved in the rescues in Afghanistan and he tweeted something along the lines of, I don't know who made what three words or for what purpose, but it saved so many lives in Afghanistan because they were using it to coordinate rescues. And we didn't know this. Like, I had no idea that was being done until we saw that tweet. And that's a really powerful thing. And this is why why technology is so amazing, because we had no idea. We hadn't told him to do it. I don't know how. I have no idea how he even knew about it. But he found it useful in the rescues. And we've heard since then, actually, from quite a lot of people that it was used a lot in the rescues in Afghanistan, because it's so critical. You know where where you're going, you know where you're going to collect people, you know where your meeting points are. And in a a particularly chaotic environment, and that could be a war zone, but it could also be a natural disaster. Eric, I know you know about this. It's so important to get people and things to the right place. And What Three Words helps, helps to do that. And that's you're right, exactly right about um, disasters. When Alex and I had a team in Haiti, um, our reachback support wanted to know where we were, and it isn't easy to give a uh, coordinate system of any kind. And there are a dozen of them, right? There are lots of ways that people keep track of each other. But what three words turned out to be the easiest to send um, over text messages to the people that we were working with as reach back in San Diego or in South Carolina, um, and they could know instantly, I mean, literally to within 10 feet where we were last seen and at what time. Um, That's a remarkable capability. And the fact that it can be used over text messaging, you don't need voice, you don't need anything fancy. You're just reading the thing. Your phone is reading the GPS coordinates and the app is giving you the three words. Um, It is a remarkably easy thing to go through. So it wouldn't surprise me that if in the Haiti earthquake from a year ago, you mentioned Afghanistan from a year ago, actually a year ago was a bad time for much of the world. There was a 7.2 earthquake in Haiti, um, and it was down in the southwestern corner where we had worked, and they have seen us use um, what three words before, and there are people that were working with us that had the app. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was a little coordination there too. Can't confirm it, but they had that capability, and that's a nice thing to have gifted them with um, when so many other things are going wrong. I, I would also say one of the really special things we've seen is that it's not just about responding to disasters, it's also about uh, building communities, and informal settlements is a great example of that, where governments haven't, for whatever reason, got around to or decided to address settlements. And, and you know, you mentioned being in labor, Eric, we, we had a we had a project that uh, in South Africa, where this incredible doctor got in touch with us through our website, because he was like, women are dying, because I can't reach them in labor in time. And he's like, people are bleeding to death. And I know I can hear they need me, but I can't find them because they don't have an address. And so he did this incredible thing where he started visiting people and giving them their what three words on a piece of paper, and being like, if you need someone, give them these words and we will be able to find you. And so you see that it's not just about in a moment of disaster. It's also, at, you know, we see this in, in refugee camps, as you said, like exactly that world. Uh, you see how it can be used to really underpin, you know, when, when, when you live in a country where you've got a postal address, you take it for granted and you don't think about how much you need one. But the minute you need it, you need it very, very much. Wow, that is a really powerful story. I'm sure you have lots more. I I, I mean, if you want to give any more examples, we'd love to hear them because those are so amazing. Well, I hope Eric won't mind this one, but uh, you mentioned how simple it is to send a location to someone. A a few years ago, uh, Eric sent me an email and he just sent me, I think you just sent me the three word address of where you were. And I remember um, Eric saying, we're using what three words here. And so I immediately looked at where the three word address was. I remember typing it. I think I probably spoke it into my phone. 
and having to zoom out and zoom out and zoom out because you're in the Marshall Islands, which is just not near many big bits of land. And uh, Eric had said he'd been using what three words and I, and I kind of zoomed down. I saw that it's in the middle of the ocean. And that was a pretty amazing thing to be like, I'm just sitting here probably in London or probably on a plane. And Eric is out there in the middle of the ocean using what three words in the Marshall Islands. And that, that was a pretty spectacular uh, moment as well. That that impressed the Marshallese as well. We were working on some demographic surveys on a little tiny island in Kwajalein Atoll, um, which is it's an island that it's described as one of the worst slums in the Pacific in the Wikipedia article. Um, and they had absolutely nothing. And we had 42 people living in a house or 27 people living in a house or 33 people living in a house. And the government of the island had no idea what they had and they didn't have any address addressing system. So they didn't know when people were in trouble. So when we did the survey, we found that something like 17% of the people had injuries that had not been treated and 24% of the people had illnesses that had not been treated. Um, and it wasn't that the government wasn't willing to help them. They just had absolutely no idea where they were and the people did not have a way to get to where the medical care was. Um, we started using what three words and they are still using it today. Congratulations, Claire. That was a very nice job. Now, if I can push back on some some stuff that you said very early, um, because we've had pushback. We've had people object to the introduction of a new system. And can you talk a little bit about why people would object to what three words? What is it that gets in the way of that conversation? I think there's a few different reasons that, that we hear. Uh, one of them is why do we need a new system? Because we've got GPS coordinates, which work beautifully. And I, I think the answer to that is, if they work beautifully for you, keep using them. You shouldn't be, if you can use GPS coordinates, <laughs> you should absolutely keep using them. And, and, and like, I'd say like sailors are probably a group of people who don't need what three words, because they really do. Know, when someone says I'm at 25 degrees, nine minutes, whatever, they actually do know what that means. Um, so I think part of it is that we're not trying to force everyone to use what three words. For us, we, we often say it's another tool in the toolbox, right? And if you're a person who isn't comfortable sharing a GPS location or you know doesn't know how to say a coordinate over the phone or doesn't know where the degree sign is on your keyboard so you can type it in, maybe what three words can be helpful for you there. So, so I think part of it is we're not trying to replace what exists at all. You know, I, street addresses are really important. They're really important for all kinds of reasons. Coordinates are really important. We're trying to just be an additional tool. So that's, I think, one of the things is that when, when new technologies are talked about in the press, they'll often be like, no need for street addresses. You can use what three words. And that's not at all what we're saying. We're saying, here's another tool that hopefully can be helpful. So I think part of it's that. Um, and then, you know, in other cases, I think part of it's, it's sometimes there's confusion about why it's needed. And, and in a perfect world, you wouldn't really need what three words because all your location communication would be automatic, right? My phone can tell your phone where I am. And, and I think people sometimes find that frustrating because they're like, but you're trying to solve a problem when we should be trying to solve this problem with machines. And I guess our thing is it's a problem that's existed for a very long time. And while there is still a problem, if what three words can help in some way when there is a gap. So with emergency services, of course, our preference would be you never need to use what three words in an emergency because you automatically share your location with the paramedics. Like we don't make any money from emergency services. I would love it if you never needed to use what three words again because everyone was already automatically found. What we're trying to solve is that moment in time, which has been quite a long time so far, where there is a gap and what three words fills that gap. So that's what we're trying to do. So what about the future? What do you, what do you see unfolding over the next decade or so? 
Well, we'd like to be a standard. So we'd like to be, you know, we're used in a, a, in a big way, actually, in the UK. Uh, it's, it's become incredibly normal in the UK to use what three words, which is uh, pretty extraordinary. I actually went to my gym the other day. I've been going to the gym for ages and they had a what three words sign, which was nothing to do with me. That was a really special moment. Wow. Like, if there's an emergency, call this and give the what three words. And I was like, but it wasn't me. I didn't tell them to put it there. And it's just there. So, <laughs> so we'd like to do see what we've seen in the UK and a few other places um, expand around the world. Uh, but also, we'd like to, at some point, I think, get into height. So at the moment, uh, what three words is... Oh. Mm. So you're talking about latitude, longitude, uh, and at the moment, so you would use what three words to get to the door of a building outside. Uh, you wouldn't use it in a building. As uh, the kind of hardware catches up, so as technology improves and you get to a point where, at the moment, your phone doesn't really know where it is inside, when that changes and when phones start to understand what level they're at and their GPS location or equivalent inside... What three words will become really interesting there inside in the way that at the moment we're just an outdoor thing. But at some point, you know, if you want to get, I don't know, a little delivery robot or a drone to drop. I've got, I'm sitting with a balcony today. I could get a drone to deliver a pizza to my balcony. So there's all the, all kinds of ways that this can be used in the future with autonomous vehicles and drones. We've already seen some. So the Royal Mail in the UK actually did their first drone delivery to a three word address to a lighthouse in Scotland. Uh, but these are all very early days. So there's lots more to come on that. Wow, that's really exciting. And I can imagine too, in, in some informal settlements, um, that would also be really important. It is something that we hear from time to time that, you know, well, that doesn't work if you're on the fourth floor. Well, neither does an ordinary street address, right? You still have to give the the vertical component of whatever the address is. Um, and one of the things we liked in New York, I was at a, a meeting in New York a while back, and we were trying to meet um, a few friends and I, and it turns out that none of us know much about that city. And with what three words, we can get the actual door going into the building. You know, it may be 1400 Fifth Avenue, but 1400 Fifth Avenue is the name of the building. And there are half a dozen entrances and those entrances have restaurants or they have uh, gates of various kinds, constraints. Um, so going to the right one was easy with what three words. And it was, um, we're not a commercial for you um, because you're free. <laughs> you don't cost anything. <clears throat> Although we do charge businesses. So you mentioned high-end cars. Uh, we do charge. So the reason we can be free for people and NGOs and emergency services is because we charge businesses who use us. So delivery companies who build in our technology or to deliver you know, food or clothes or whatever, and then car companies. So we do charge someone and we just don't charge people or NGOs or emergencies. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you were here with us today, Claire. This has been such an amazing discussion. Thank you for having me and, and lovely to, to join you uh, across the ocean. And congratulations on your many, many successes. So please join us again next week for another conversation on human geography and human security on Through the Human Geography Lens. If you're interested in learning more about human geography and the WWHGD, check us out at www.hgd.org, where you can find more than 5,000 cataloged human geography datasets and access presentations and recordings for more than 50 data-driven events. I'm Gwyneth Holt. And I'm Eric Rasmussen. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again next time. We really appreciate your support. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to leave us a review and a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform. And we hope you'll share the podcast with your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening.